To express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Don't use social media to impress people. Use it to impact people. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice. Right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryant, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, We bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Dia, and I'm your host for today's show. Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. I'm Rohani, and we have an amazing show planned today all about social media. In segment two, Dia will be talking about a teen's guide to social media. In segment three, Sydney will be back with the newest edition of her segment, Breaking Boundaries. And right now, I will be talking about social media. Hi, Rohani. It is so great to have you talk about your segment today. I'm sure that you feel like the topic of social media really coincides with your segment, Teenship. How important do you think social media is? Well, it's pretty important. I mean, in today's world, social media and leadership pretty much go hand in hand. There are many causes like, which I know, that have been amplified through platforms such as Instagram, Twitter, etc. For example, during the farmers' protest in India, the government was censoring a lot of the mainstream media, so it was really important for people to spread information in other ways. For example, WhatsApp, a messaging platform, is really popular there, and it helped a lot of protesters organize rallies. And another extremely important cause I can think of that was really broadcasted on social media is Black Lives Matter. And I feel like last summer opened a lot of people's eyes when it comes to racial inequality. And unfortunately, that wouldn't have happened without the visual proof that was spread in seconds. I really think that history will remember the extremely brave young woman, Darnella Frazier, who shot that distressing video of George Floyd's murder. And it's really the reason this case wasn't buried among so many others, which unfortunately have never received justice. That is so true. Social media is so important in spreading information about causes that you just talked about. What the farmers protest. In India, I'm sure a lot of people who live here would have never known about it if it wasn't so popular on Instagram. And the same thing with WhatsApp. I think that while it's a really good place to get information, I think especially like um, among Indians, they there's a lot of misinformation which is spread as right, well. Yeah. Do you have any like thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, misinformation is one of the downsides that comes from social media. So it's just really important to double check your sources before you post. And I know that that can be hard sometimes, but there's a lot of reputed sources you can use, like uh, news outlets such as The New York Times and NBC. Yeah, that is so true. Thank you for that. 
And um, I agree what Daniel Frazier is really brave. And because of what she did, as you said, like the whole incident would have probably been forgotten really quickly. But because of the video, which kept circulating on social media, a lot more attention was brought towards the situation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, social media can aid in bringing justice. And that's really shown in the example. So other than spreading resources, what other ways do you think we can use social media for leadership? There are so many, like I know so many people who use it for school clubs and organizations, also for nonprofits, if anyone's interested in starting one. It's really this great way to reach out to people and spread the message you want across. I mean, you can connect with people all over the country and the world. You can also use it for more creative pursuits, which I really think is also leadership. So I can think of drawing, singing, dancing, etc. Personally, I use it to share my poetry and other writing. So I started posting them back in 2019 on Instagram, but it wasn't until recently that I was able to accumulate a following and all the love I received on my Instagram made me really want to publish. So I'm actually in the process of doing that right now. Wow, that is such a great example of how social media can be such a great tool to reach out to people and share your creativity. And I think the thing you did with publishing your poetry on social media is really cool. So what exactly like inspired you to start that? Um, honestly, I've always loved writing and I thought sharing it would be a cool idea. And obviously, TikTok is one of like the biggest platforms right now. So I just posted one and it kind of blew up. It got like 200,000 likes and it was just really cool to see how many people can read your work. I've never really experienced that before. Wow, that is really, really cool. And of course, with that, there are so many downsides to social media as well, along with all the positive benefits it brings. So how do you think we can minimize being a part of that? Well, there are a couple ways, you know, you need to be really mindful of your behavior and just be civilized as much as possible and make sure to respect other people instead of using it as a place to be unkind, especially TikTok. You know, although I've seen so much love and the good side of it, there is also a ton of negativity. So you should use social media to your advantage, but I really think it should be in a respectful manner where you don't feel the need to bring other people down. If there's something you know you wouldn't say in real life. I don't think you should say it online either. And people forget that words behind a screen can have as much of an impact. And there's also the extreme amount of fabrication when it comes to other things. By that, I mean there's so much on social media that's like not real. So like I'm talking about the beauty standard especially, which we all know is pretty warped. I don't judge anyone for Photoshopping their pictures, but I think it's important to let young girls especially know that it's impossible to have this 20-inch waist and perfect hourglass figure without enhancing the pictures a little bit. And a lot of people call social media the modern-day tabloid, which is true, but I honestly think you can find quite a bit of positivity on it as well. I agree. I think that with anything positive, there's also a dark side to that. And I feel like that's especially there with TikTok. So I was wondering what it was that you posted that gained you 200K views, because that's very cool. It was this short little poem. Um, It was about the male gaze, which is basically the psychological um, theory that young women, especially, they feel like they're kind of being watched all the time because of media. So they think that when they're on the bus, they're still being preyed upon, even if that's not the case. So I just wrote this short little poem and people like got to discuss what the meaning, what they thought the meaning was. So it was just so cool to see how many people really want to uh, discourse on your work. Wow. I feel like that actually, I feel like I've seen that like on my For You page. Just oh my like, God, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's one example of using TikTok for a positive way, but I agree what you said that there's a lot of negative negativity on TikTok, especially with like cancel culture, um, which is um, if the listeners don't know, it's like this kind of new thing in social media that if someone makes like a mistake, the whole internet starts lashing against them and unfollows them and like kind of almost bullies them. So what are your thoughts on this? 
Well, obviously, I think one that everyone makes mistakes and everyone's growing. And I think it's important to kind of reflect upon your behavior. I know that sometimes on the internet, it feels like they're just doing it to bully you. But I do think there's some people who really do need their platform taken away because of the extent of their mistake. But if it's something that was, I feel like, a longer time ago, and they were pretty young when they did it, I think that it's possible for people to grow and learn. But like, again, at the same time, if it's a really serious mistake, something that really can't be fixed with an apology, I do think that person's platform should be taken away accordingly. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that in a way, it's kind of good that like people are more accountable for their mistakes. And then like they realize that their consequences have actions. Um, But at the same time, I agree. If it's like something very minor, I think it's just best to like let the person learn and grow from it. And yeah. And I also agree with what you said that social media, especially TikTok, can be bad for your body image and like fueling eating disorders. And I feel like me and like I know a bunch of other like girls my age or like even guys um, like felt like that, especially like during quarantine. So how do you think that's something that we can like kind of um, fight against in a way? Um, Well, like I said, you know, social media comes with bad sides and good sides. So it's really, really important to follow the right people. I feel like there are a lot of influencers these days that are not a good influence. And it's really a shame that they have so much of so much of a hold on young people like 12 to 16 year olds. Um, As long as you find stuff you're passionate about online, I think you should focus on that instead of like mindless arguing. I know that's easy to do, especially when you're bored at home. But it's it's important to think in the long run that these words can always be traced back to you because it's the internet. Yes, I agree. I feel like a lot of people, um, especially like people who are first being introduced to social media on TikTok that are a bit younger, they kind of use it just as a way to like constantly like leave rude comments. So I think it's just about using social media in a positive way. So I know you mentioned that you posted your poetry earlier. How else do you show social media? Well, I think this has been mentioned before, but Express Yourself has an Instagram now. So we just started posting and I think this is one of the best way to use social media. So we can update our viewers on segments and they can get to know our hosts and reporters better. So I think everyone listening should go follow at Express Yourself Radio right now. Yes, I think um, that's really exciting how Express Yourself has an Instagram and that's also a great way to use social media. So um, I was wondering if there's any other like thoughts that you have on TikTok, especially because it has a tendency to become very addictive because of the algorithm. Each of the videos are so short. Do you have any advice for any listeners who kind of like need to reduce their screen time on social media? I just think that TikTok is this kind of smaller version of the world we have right now. I think it's so important to go outside and realize that some of the opinions on there are not being discussed like face to face. I know that on the internet, it's easy to nitpick on like these little things. But if you talk to real people, and I I know that's like so hard to do because we've been closed inside for so long. But if you talk to real people, you'll feel so much more healthy and so much more good with yourself. I know I felt that way, especially when things started opening up. I was like, oh my God, this is so much better than, you know, saying words through a screen because it can be easily misinterpreted and you really feel this need to like keep receiving validation online. But once you're face to face, that kind of goes away. Yes, that's very well said. And I feel like I experienced the same thing because after quarantine, like this summer has been so much better for me for my mental health because I feel like being social just is such a good way to just feel a lot better about yourself rather than just being inside all the time and looking at your phone. So thank you so much, Ruhani. I absolutely loved our conversation today. Unfortunately, we are out of time for the segment, but please share your love for more segments by donating btsya.org. Keep listening for more as I talk about a teen's guide to being a micro-influencer in the next segment. Find 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestarur.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are. org. Be the lucky star you are. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, everyone. This is Dia, back for another segment of Silver Lining. Today, I will be sharing the teen's guide to being a micro-influencer. So I started becoming a guess what you would call a micro-influencer on Instagram a bit less than a year ago because I've always loved fashion. And especially during quarantine, I got bored of not always wanting like not being able to wear outfits outside of the house. So I wanted to like my Instagram provide like fashion inspiration and content. And now I have 3000 followers and have had over 10 brand sponsorships. So if any of you guys were listening and were wondering what exactly is a micro influencer, micro influencers are basically um, influencers who have a smaller and more targeted audience. So micro influencers are only post about one or two topics. And this is basically called a niche which allows them to organically grow on social media. So to be a micro-influencer, you have to have about like 1,000 to 100,000 followers, and anything more than that is considered like a macro-influencer. And brands have tended to start working a lot more with micro-influencers because they tend to have a very loyal audience. So if you're wondering about like some of the benefits of becoming a social media influencer, I can tell you some of them. So the first one is it is gives a creative outlet. And as I mentioned before, during quarantine, I was just very bored. And this was a way to express my creative side through my fashion. It also another great benefit is paid collabs and sponsorships. So through sp- sponsoring other products from different brands, you can actually make money through it, which is actually really cool because it's honestly the easiest way I've made money so far, which is a lot more fun than like doing a job and stuff. Another one is a confidence boost. Constantly like posting on social media, while it's really scary at first, over time, it just makes you feel so much more confident because you're like, wow, this is something that I was so afraid to do, but now it's just comes so naturally and easy to me. Another one is it's a great way to improve your business skills. One thing about me is I love entrepreneurship and any form of that. So I feel like this has improved my business skills with negotiating with brands and kind of being an entrepreneur. But in the sense, the brand that I'm selling is myself. Another one is that there's a lot of free perks. And some of those have been um, like working with brands that I've always loved, like for my whole life, like clothing brands, which has been really cool. And another one is. It's simply just fun. 
if it's something you enjoy, you'll have fun doing it, especially like sharing what you love doing with the world. So I mentioned the word niche a bit ago, saying micro-influencers focus on specific niches. So some examples that of niches you can have to focus your social media accounts are, are fashion. Another one that I think is super cool is food reviews. So as you eat at different restaurants, you can kind of rate them and if you become like a really famous for food reviews, you can actually get like free meals and stuff. Another one is a singing or art account. So if you do art or you sing, you can have an account where you post your singing videos or the artwork you've created. Another one is a small business. So if you have like something that you like to sell, let's say you like to sell um, purses or something, you can have a small business Instagram where you kind of post about your products on there. Another niche are cooking accounts, which um, if you like cooking or baking, you can share your recipes on there, which I always love following. So if you're wondering how to get started on this, I got have you. This is um, the first step is posting pics on your niche at least twice a week. So for me, for example, is fashion. So I would post pictures of my outfits at least twice a week. Um, and then use relevant hashtags. So you should just like find hashtags that work for your niche, like hashtag outfit of the day, stuff like that can help you get noticed by a lot of people. Another one is to interact with other accounts in your own niche. So I would like become friends, like at least online friends with other like teenage girls who also like posting about fashion. And this also makes a lot more fun. Another way is to post reels. So Reels is a form of TikTok, which is on Instagram, which are basically short form videos that you can be posting because they get a lot more attention on Instagram and it's an easier way to get viral than just through your, through your posts. Another important step is switching to a business account, which basically means you're able to see your insights. So like your engagement rate and like what time um, you're the most active at. Another way to grow your following is by using other social media such as TikTok, um, YouTube, Twitter, because if you get a following on one of those, then they'll kind of transfer to following on Instagram as well. And another tip is you have to boost your engagement, which is basically the amount of like activity on your page by responding to comments, using Instagram's special features like polls, question box, and that's like the main way to boost your engagement. So one thing that's personally my favorite part about micro influencing is brand sponsorships because i just think it's really like fun and exciting so if you're wondering on how to go about getting those my first advice is to follow like the previous steps i just said and by then you should be starting to get reached out by brands if you do that for a couple months but if you want to be a bit more proactive in this process you can create an email template and media kit so an email but there's a lot more information on this online, but basically it's like a template that you'll send out to brands saying, hi, um, my name is blank. I am a content creator. This is my niche. And then you kind of talk about like why you want to collaborate with the brand. And a media kit is kind of like a resume where you kind of post like these are the type of like locations I use. This is like my brand, like this is my following. And then you send this out to your favorite brands that you would like to work with. And this doesn't have like a super high response rate, response rate, but sometimes it does work and sometimes they will reach out back to you. So another question is, how do you get brand deals even with less followers? So I only have 3000 followers, which is a good amount, but it's still a lot less than a lot of other influencers. But believe it or not, the way that I do get brand rates are not really through my followers, but because I have a very high engagement rate, which is 22%. and the average account on Instagram has 3%. So when I tell brands this, they really like it because it means that whatever I post on my Instagram is gonna get a lot more attention than someone with a lower engagement rate. Another thing that I really like to emphasize to brands are that 66% of my followings are um, female teenagers, which is usually like the same, um, which is the target audience of the brand. So if a clothing brand wants to work with me and they see that, then that makes them like reassured saying, okay, most of the people who are gonna be seeing this are people who are the same as our target audience. Another thing that um, brands really appreciate are, 
quality content. So I'm, I make sure to take like pictures with very clear camera and like make the lighting really good as well because that's something that brands also really appreciate. So if you're confused on the different types of brand deals, there's three main ones that I would consider. So the first one is modeling, which is creating content for the brand to use. So you'd wear the brand. So if it's a jewelry brand, you would wear it. And they would use that, um, like pictures you take on their website, social media as like a marketing tool. And this is one that I think is like really fun because you're kind of like a model, which is really exciting. Another one is paid promotion. So this is kind of where it's like a very strict um, rules. Like you have to post it by this deadline. Um, this is like um, the caption you should use. And this is really exciting as well because you get paid for it, which is great. And then another one is a gifted brand deal. So this is where you kind of get the product for free, but you don't get paid for posting it. So this is exciting if it's like a brand that you really like and it's just very like exciting how they're sending you stuff for free for you to post. Um, so another question that people always ask is like, how do you turn a gifted brand deal into a paid one? So my advice for that is when a brand asks you to do a collaboration, you tell them your rates. So how much you would charge for different posts on Instagram. So for example, mine are $65 for a post and $10 for a story. And if you're wondering how you set a rate for a paid brand deal, there's calculators online and there's also a formula that I can't remember off the top of my head. But if you just look up like Instagram, um, like how to figure out which rates there should be something that pops up. So I'd also recommend um, whatever you're willing to um, like whatever your rates are, I'd say make it like a bit higher when you're first negotiating with a brand because Usually they're going to be like, actually, can we lower it to this? So if you start it off a bit higher, then even when it's lowered, it's still a price that you're fine with working at. So an example is I did this with someone who offered to send a phone, like phone cases, and I ended up getting five free phone cases and $90 just for posting on Instagram once, which I think is really like cool because it's like pretty low effort, just like one Instagram post, but you get so much in return. So... Another question that people ask is how, like, how about being a TikTok influencer? So TikTok is the easiest social media to grow on, and that's because of the algorithm. It allows um, whatever videos you make to be shown on other people's For You pages, which is pretty unique because a lot of other social medias make it really hard to have that re really, like, viral growth. But um, TikTok, I'm, I don't have as big of a following on there, but I've had... Um, one video that got um, like 400,000 views. So my only advice for that is to use trending audios, um, hashtags, and then also make it funny because that's something that always goes viral on TikTok. And then also provide a lot of value to whoever is watching it. And one really important, I think this is one of the most important tips is to grab the audience interest within three seconds because people on TikTok have very, very low attention span. So if they just get bored in your video within a couple seconds, they're just going to move on to the next one. So if you grab their interest within three seconds, they're more likely to finish watching it. And this will give your video a higher average watch time, which TikTok rewards by setting your video onto more for you pages. And then another tip for TikTok is to follow trends because TikTok has a lot of trends that are constantly happening, but maybe put your own spin on it so it differentiates you from everyone else who's using the trend. Another really important thing is to make sure that social media is not toxic. Social media has so many benefits, but it can definitely be a toxic place if you're constantly comparing yourself. So my advice for that is just don't spend too much time scrolling on social media. For me, I, I don't really like, I like social media in a way, but I just don't like being on it. I'd rather like spend the time like making my own content because I feel like that's just a lot healthier in a way. And another advice is to follow accounts that make you feel confident. And just remember that this is something that's supposed to be fun. Don't take it too seriously. And it's just a hobby of yours. So yeah. And then the last question is like, how do you have the confidence to pursue this? And I feel like a couple of years ago, I used to be very insecure and unconfident, but it just like it's just the realization that 
no one is really judging you. Everyone's really busy living their own life and they're probably not paying that much attention to what you're doing anyway. So since it is your life, you might as well do whatever you want, do what makes you happy. And it's just kind of the mindset that really helps you like realize that gives you a lot more confidence. So yeah, that's all the time for the segment, but I hope it was helpful in explaining on how to be a micro-influencer. Please show your love for more segments by donating on btsya.org. Keep listening for more as we will have Sydney with her newest edition of her segment next. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestarur.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are. org. Be the lucky star you are. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about social media. I'm so excited to have Sydney with us today with her new segment. Hi, everyone. So I'm Sydney, and we're back with my series, Breaking Boundaries, where I dissect topics related to history, society, and science. For today's segment, I'll be talking about how social media has changed the trajectory of scientific research. So to start, I'd like to ask everyone a question. What do you typically use social media for? To connect with friends? Keep up with current trends and news? Or maybe to find people who share your interests? While social media is often used for personal enjoyment, recently it has actually become more well-known as a platform for professional communication and marketing. One surprising field where we've seen this growth is scientific research. Through apps like Instagram and Twitter, scientists have developed the ability to extensively disseminate their findings. Customarily, scientific research has been closed off to the public due to issues like paywalls required to access articles and academic journals whose language and structure are geared towards PhD candidates rather than the average person. However, with social media, research is available to a wider variety of people. It's catered to the general public. So as long as you have a social media account, you have a whole world of scientific research at your fingertips. Moreover, with the incorporation of social media, geographical barriers aren't an issue. Research that originates from America can be reviewed by Think Tank in Sweden. Scientists who were once limited to regional or national recognition can now create international networks that optimize collaboration and communication. 
but it doesn't stop there. To offer some context, traditionally, scientific discoveries have been fueled by funding agencies. In the case of governmental granting agencies, Congress decides what concerns are most pressing to the American public and allocates national funds accordingly. The process is incredibly complex and tedious, and competition is fierce. Private agencies are another option, but it can introduce bias into the results, and more often than not, overhead costs aren't covered. This is where social media comes in. Does the phrase ice bucket challenge ring a bell? In 2014, this social media challenge raised $115 million for the ALS Association, nearly 90 million of which was designated for research grants. The year before, the association was only able to award $6.6 million for research. The Ice Bucket Challenge is an example of crowdfunding, which more and more scientists have turned to as an alternative method for providing capital. In doing so, scientific researchers have been able to democratize and revolutionize the way they receive funding using social media. Wow, those benefits of social media seem amazing, especially the last point about the Ice Bucket Challenge, how it just um, exponentially increased the amount of funding for the ALS Association. So I think that's a great example of like how much social media can boost um, funding for scientific researchers. But I think with all those benefits, while they are amazing, it's also important to consider the drawbacks. So what would you say are the downsides of crowdfunding? So traditional funding agencies really base their decisions on things like objective facts and evidence. And really, they often have to consider like the overall gain for the public. Crowdfunding, on the other hand, can be easily influenced by subjective opinions. So this would look like personality or likability. And these are really subjective traits that typically science isn't really focused on. Yes, I agree with that, because I think social media can be very subjective and opinionated, especially um, like how people react to different topics. So I can see how how. Um, social media cannot always be super reliable, but do you think that it is necessary for researchers to use social media? No. So actually, there are a lot of researchers that still don't use social media. I do think, however, that it's like always a good idea to keep an open mind. And obviously, there aren't a ton of like cons to just opening yourself up to like opportunities using social media. So yeah, definitely, it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, for researchers who are kind of like maybe looking towards using social media, what would you say are some benefits that researchers can use? So definitely there's a larger platform. So you're reaching out to a lot more people. And this means that you can get more like established in the academic community, which is something that's really hard for um, demographic groups like you know, students or like women in like fields such as STEM. So definitely if you're one of those underrepresented demographics in STEM, uh, social media can really help like put your work out there. Yes, I think that is really important point that it can really help people who are in demographics, as you said, like women in STEM, because a lot of the time they're like underrepresented and they also just like don't, there aren't that many women in STEM in general. So I think social media is a good way to get kind of like your name out there. Yeah, so definitely. Yeah. So what advice do you have for researchers who'd like to get involved with social media? I'd say definitely make sure you know what your end goal is. Like, do you want to get funding, establish yourself in academic circles, or like have your research cited by more people, et cetera? By outlining like what you want to achieve with social media, you can really figure out where to start. Uh, this advice also isn't limited to researchers and can apply to anyone hoping to get involved in professional marketing using social media. Yes, 
I think that is really good advice for researchers who'd like to get involved in social media. So um, what is your own social media experience for you personally? So I have to say I'm not incredibly involved in social media privately, um, but I do really like to use it as a platform to get news. And like this is where kind of what I was talking about before comes in. Like you can get a lot of information through social media that's not just current events and things like politics and what's happening right now, but also like really what's um, like hot button issues in the scientific community. And especially with the rise of COVID, you know, there's a lot of different people with a lot of different opinions. And you can really see the entire spectrum of that through social media because it's open to basically everyone. Yeah, I agree with that. Because you can see like so many different opinions that like if you're just interacting with people in your day-to-day -day life, you wouldn't really necessarily get exposed to all those different opinions so I think yeah social media is a great way to see the whole like, spectrum of people whether they agree or disagree on a certain topic so what social media platforms do you use to, like kind of look at the news so there's definitely a couple um so at the moment I personally use things like Instagram um but also Facebook could be somewhere where you get this type of information as well. Um, I don't tend to use Snapchat mainly because a lot of the news that's being um, like shared on Snapchat tends to be uh, a lot more like based on celebrity culture and things like that. So for a lot more of these like professional news, you know, because you can have uh, news outlets have official accounts for places like Instagram. So you can really turn to areas like that to find news. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Instagram and Facebook are a lot better for news than Snapchat because Snapchat, I feel like, is just basically, like, meant for, like, clickbaiting. Like, there's just, like, very, like, um, like, titles that kind of grab your attention, but there's not really anything that important. So I agree with that. So... Do you think that like the main benefit of using social media for news rather than just like um, like watching the news on TV is kind of the comment section? Like, do you really like look at the comments to see like how people are reacting to the news article? Yeah, completely. Because, you know, when you have things like articles or newspapers, you're only really seeing like the author's perspective on this subject. Whereas when you have platforms like Instagram, where you can have stories, posts, things like that, comments, as you mentioned before, you can really see like everything. There's people who agree with what the post says. There's people who disagree with the news that's being shared with the post. And often you can really open yourself up to a variety of perspectives that you haven't really considered before. Yeah, I think the comments section is something that is like kind of unique to social media because like 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 when you're watching the news, for example, you can only really talk about it with like your family or like whoever you're watching it with. But the comments like like literally the whole world is like giving their opinions on stuff. So I think that that's um, a really useful way. I've never really thought about like using social media for the news, but I think that is like a really like cool perspective that I actually might start doing. So um, one problem I think with social media is that there's a lot of misinformation that's being spread and it gets really rapidly spread, especially when people are constantly like resharing it. So how do you like kind of check your sources to make sure like the news article you're reading is um, like it's there's no misinformation in it? Yes, this is inc an incredibly important point. So because it is social media, a lot of information goes around unchecked. So you can be really at, um, at a risk of exposing yourself to information that isn't factual, that isn't like backed up. Um, so something important to keep in mind is that you, if you're trying to like really educate yourself on this topic, um, you can start with social media, but you do have to eventually expand and look elsewhere um, to look 
uh, like see where this information is coming from and if it is really true. You can like double check your sources with places like the New York Times, or you can also turn to like other online magazines that are professionally credited and like databases and things like that. So yeah, I'd say this is an incredibly important part of social media usage is making sure that you are not misinforming yourself and that way you are not misinforming others. Yes, I think that is like a really good way to prevent misinformation. So another thing I was wondering is, do you respond to people's posts on social media regarding the news? So that can be kind of controversial, I'd say, um, mostly just because, uh, you know, once you post something on the internet, you're bound to get a response and it isn't always positive. So I try not to respond to people's posts mainly because, you know, I'm trying to look at these posts to get another perspective, to see something that like isn't really what I'm thinking and to make sure that I have really like a broad range of points of views that I'm considering. And so obviously, you know, sometimes they can just be um, really simple. Like some of these news can be really simple and like, you know, like happy Thanksgiving or like happy Christmas or stuff like that. But once you get to more like the controversial political issues, especially, I feel like uh, once you get social media involved because there is such a like rapid turnaround of posting and responding, you can get kind of like stuck in these arguments and debates on social media. So I'd say just make sure to know like when to like draw the line. Yeah, I agree. I think it's important to not get caught up in like all these like petty arguments in social media because at the end of the day, like everyone's going to have different opinions and it's kind of like pointless just to like constantly keep like having these debates because they're not really like educational because like people mm -hmm. are pretty set in their ways and it kind of just turns into kind of insulting the other person rather than like arguing about the issue. So yeah, I think yeah. that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, have you had any desire to be an influencer for STEM? So I guess like not in the traditional sense. So something I've been working on actually as kind of a personal project is this thing called the Humanities Plus Journal. So I am the co-founder and co-editor-in-chief of this journal. And I started it with my brother back in, I think, my sophomore year of high school, freshman year of high school. I think it was back in 2019. But basically, um, what happened is we didn't see a lot of areas where people who are interested in both like humanities and like STEM could really collaborate and work on interdisciplinary topics. So we wanted to create like this online journal where people would be able to have that platform. And, you know, recently we've also started trying to do outreach on social media as well. So at the moment, we only really have an account on LinkedIn, but um, we're really hoping that with this platform that we've created and shared, we can really spread the message that humanities and STEM are topics that can work well together. And especially in a time such as COVID, where there's a lot of misinformation uh, between the two fields, I feel like it's especially important to make sure that communication is like effectively happening between these two like subject areas. Oh wow, I think that the the journal you made with your brother is a really cool idea, and I think that's something that is like a really cool personal project. So, what it, like kind of inspired you to do like start the scientific journal? So like I mentioned before, um, this really came up as like when I was trying to find online journals or just really like online publications that would take uh, work from young adults or teenagers. And there really aren't a lot of places where you can do that, especially places that 
you know, have like a strong foundation and, you know, they have a good website, they have a good like team going on and they're like very, uh, they've just been like credited by media and stuff like that. So, you know, that they're very like legitimate and it's kind of hard, like definitely not, not even just like with things related to like STEM and humanities, but just like in general to be able to publish your written work online as like a teenager. So we really wanted to create a place where students could do that. And we wanted to help like empower student voices. Wow, I think that's a really good mission because um, I also like I'm have like been trying to work on this research paper this summer and I am not in the process of publishing it yet, but I have heard that it's like a difficult process. So I think mm -hmm. that is a really good idea that would be helpful for a lot of people. So um, do you want to like um, kind of show the website of your journal so the listeners can like check it out? Yeah, definitely. So our website is just www.hplusjournal.com. Um, so yeah, you can check it out whenever. We have our latest edition out right now, and we're also going to be accepting submissions for our um, August for our August edition. So yeah, if you're interested in submitting, definitely go to the website and check it out. Uh, we have examples of past work on there. We also have submission guidelines. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. That would be great. So just to clarify, is it like plus, like P-L-U-S or is it a plus sign? Oh yeah. So it's just P-L-U-S. Yeah. So H-P-L-U-S-G-O-U-R-N-A-L.com. Okay. Thank you so much, Cindy. Sydney, I absolutely love our conversation today, but unfortunately we are out of time for today's show. Be sure to check out Sydney's journal at www.hplusjournal.com. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Production, Cynthia Bryant, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Embrace social media in a positive and productive way. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between